Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Good to you, wherever you are. This is Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT, and Cultural Transformation. Mainline Executive Coaching Leaders. Are you ready to lead? Are you leading now? How well are you leading? Are you being your best in your leading? All those kind of crazy questions you probably wonder about yourself. Here's a question you may not have been wondering about yourself. When you take a look at your culture, some of you understand that your culture, your organization, company, corporation is really a reflection of you, the leader, because you really set the tone in so many ways, so many ways. So sometimes we can get a little bit mixed up between what we see going on the culture and not seeing what's really causing it. So the question we have for you today is this, leaders, do you fear your culture will expose who you really are? Kind of an interesting question. Well, yep. which is going to expose who it is that I really am? Well, if the culture is reflecting who it is you are, huh, there's the mirror right there, right, Rich? That's, so that's let's exactly. get into that. Let's get in and talk about that. So what about that, Rich? What's your what are your thoughts on that? There is so much going around about culture. We've got a great culture. We're building a great culture. You ought to come check out the culture in our company. But yet when pressed and we ask these people about culture, very, very few can define what culture really is. What 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 makes culture great in an organization? And there's even global surveys, Michael, that back this up, where, you know, in a recent one, we've talked about this a lot, 7,000 global leaders asked about culture in their organization. Just about all of them agreed that culture was important. But when you really started breaking down the nuts and bolts and getting into the hard questions, it got down to the point that, you know, very, very few really had or what they thought they had was culture in their organization. 19%. Yeah, it was very few. Uh, and that's that's globally. Now, if you're looking at that on a global basis, a global scale, and how many organizations out there, and how many people in those organizations say, yeah, we got a great culture. And then you find out that, no, they don't. You know, that makes you wonder. And honestly, it's not really making me wonder because we talk to these people. And uh, every time we we bring it up to to some of these people about culture, well, let's talk about culture. No, I'm good. We're good. We had we got a great culture. 
I think there's a big confusion about culture. Culture is a pretty rich fabric when you take a look at it in any organization. It's just not a single thing or you know, several things. It's actually a, a, a really kind of tapestry. And I think that a lot of people think if we've got a great attitude, that's our culture. Or if we have a can-do attitude, yeah. that represents a great culture. Great culture is so much more than that, so much deeper than that. You know, just a good attitude. Yes, we got da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Something that can really be faked well. You know, people can fake good attitudes. People can fake, you know, uh, this ad, the can-do attitude. Right. And some people are really, really good at it. You know, they're yeah. just amazingly good at it. What you really want to take a look at in terms of a culture is something completely, absolutely different. And let's start with what we talk about, the golden triangle. Yes. All right? Yes. It's that arbitrator who sits at the top of this. It's not like he's sitting at the top of the mound. It's just description. But this this... The CEO who can be a really true, fair-minded arbitrator who looks at facts as they are, doesn't add his own or her own prejudices, biases. And then another, here's another one, hidden agendas, hidden agendas. They don't want anybody else to know about it, just a select flu of this little cabal that they know about it, who can actually see things as they are. That includes facts, includes data. It also looks at how the team's working together. And again, not just data, but it's also how they feel about each other. What I know that whole thing of relationship, that's a big part of you know what we go to work about. If, if they can look at it that way, they are amazing. Because, they are. because so often these, these leaders, the CEO leaders, will lean into, well, why'd you make that decision? Because it doesn't really seem like it's a completely well thought out considered decision well we had to do it because we have to get these results they kind of lean into the driver we had to get it we had to get these things done and that's why we just had to do it we kind of had to you know put some other things out of you know out of our minds right them all because we just had to do it that becomes the culture we just have to do it. it's kind of an expediency thing the other way they can lean into it is like well well it's it was the right thing to do it was it was a morally right thing to do here and oftentimes that moralism is 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 kind of uh, relative, yeah. you might say. We'll, we'll watch this right now play out in our uh, in our uh, house uh, house of representatives. You know, they bring well, they're doing this and they're, they're doing that, and it's like you know, it's just like this is the relativism of of the house, and you know, they're just playing on these uh, these uh, these sayings, these slogans, just depending on what it is they want. They'll pull yes. this one out, but another time they'll, they'll come out and say something completely different, depending on what it is they want. So being an arbitrator, a really fine leader, and having that arbitrator leadership trait is incredibly difficult. It, it is. Seems it's, it's like very it would difficult. be easy. It's, it, it just seems that way, but it's not. It is incredibly difficult to be open-minded, fair-minded, not to the point where you're going to let anything influence you, but then also really solidly ensconced in and founded on your real core values and principles. Yeah. It's really hard. That's why there are just so very few really good CEOs. Let's talk about that a little bit, about how easy it is to think you are a great, fair-minded leader, but maybe you're not. Maybe you're not. You know, there we talked about this earlier today, these superpowers that great leaders seem to have. Mm-hmm. Um, empathy, you know, is one. Uh, being able to train and, and and teach people about their vision without arrogance, without hubris, 
with being able to just bring them on board. You know, that's, that's a trick in and of itself. How, how do you do that? You know, and we've looked at this uh, global surveys again, those great facts that we talk about 75% of all leaders out there really are struggling. Okay. 20% doing better, 5% of the real rock stars. And those are actual surveys that, you know, we can, we can show that are time and time again, but yet a hundred percent of those leaders out there are going to tell you, we got great culture. We got great culture. What was but one of the things we saw in that, that, that particular uh, article we were looking at? The first thing was curiosity. Curiosity. Yes. And when you, and, and, and that, that, that whole thing about we got great culture here, it is sometimes such a knee-jerk reaction. It really is indicative of we're really what we're what's really going on here is yeah. we're just trying to survive. Oh, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and we're trying to just, survive uh, it, the it, new the new world, the new business world. Oh, yeah, and all sorts of things, all sorts of things, right? Yeah. And so when you're just trying to survive, it's very difficult to be curious. Yeah. And yet that's one of the things that businesses look for in a leader hiring a leader is what is their level of curiosity? Yes. See, see, that sets up a whole new kind of discussion, a whole new type of person. It, it creates you. You can't make and fake curiosity. You bring curiosity. And yes. there's a whole background to curiosity that really demonstrates and highlights that trait. Yes, absolutely. And one of those would be, what do you read? What do you listen to? Yeah. How when you listen to people, when you talk to people, are you genuinely curious or are you just looking for the right answers? Well, and a lot of these people, it's not just about being curious. It's about being curious about the right things. Being mindful uh, and, and demonstrating, you know, an, an actual curiosity and interest in meaningful and insightful areas. Not just curious about how I can get to the next level. Yeah. You know, that you know, so you got self interest. Yes. Yeah. Not not self-interest, but interest in how did, did the nuts and bolts of this organization work and how can I make it better? That, can that you curiosity. Think of a person that you've talked to in the past, I don't care how far who was a person who was genuinely curious and they were a person of power. They really had power. At the same time, they were genuinely curious. Have you had, I've not had too many discussions. I have had some, and they're they're uh, they're exemplary and exceptional. Exceptional, not, this, yeah, doesn't happen a lot. No, it doesn't happen a lot. But it, you know, these people are the ones that you find out that they have this aura about them, if you will. You know, it says the superpower we talk about. They're not afraid of being exposed. Their weaknesses exposed. And I think that's some of the things that we talk about, Michael, is they're they're curious enough to find out what is going on with the organization, but humble enough to realize that I don't have all the answers. And by do so doing, exposing this curiosity, it may expose some of my weaknesses. Which is really which really is a testament to them of their confidence. Genuine, Absolutely. Yeah. Real confidence, not faked confidence, yeah. but authentic confidence that they've they've really been able to to put together you know you yeah. know over a period of time you know very consciously and deliberately which kind of leads to that next one that was like being able to strategically plan that kind of sounds similar doesn't it it does you, absolutely. It, you know the arbitrator then you've got uh 
the you got you got you got to do the strategy stuffs to get people yeah. excited about things. I mean, those are two different leadership styles: the strategy the leader and the 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 emotional leader. Yeah. But being able to go there, that's kind of an interesting thing. If you can't see things clear things things clearly, how do you know you have real confidence in your strategy? That's a very good point. That's a very good point because strategic thinking doesn't come first. All right. It comes based on, you know, critical thinking that that looking at all the data, looking at all the the big picture, and then coming up with a plan based on that. Yeah, that's right. And if it's not a really, it, it's it, you know, again, it's the idea of the arbitrator. Let's do what's really the good thing to do, the right thing to do to get the results and yeah. to make sure that we're grounded in our values, principles of what we do here. Let's then put together that strategic plan. Let's get excited about it. And then when you take it to the team, as you move that into the team and these different teams that are working there, what you're really looking for is not just buy-in to do the work. You're also looking for, are they connecting? Are they are connecting? They connecting yeah. at a very deep level of, yeah, let's do this. Let's yeah. go after this. And, you know, and, and I think I think there's some there's something too that we're taking it to the team from the from the, being the arbitrator, the strategic thinker. But taking to the team also means you have you understand your plan and you know you've got the right people in place in your team that can really connect with who you are and what the vision is, what the plan is, and has the talents and skills to help make this work. And also the willingness to learn new things and yes. to do new things yep. and to test new things out. In other words, be willing to be innovative. Right. They don't have to have all the answers. They don't have to be all right. It doesn't. It's not this little group think of, you know, we've got it all. We know it all. It's more right. of a like, again, if you take a look at each of those, the curiosity, the ability to put together the strategic plan and then taking it to the team, yep. all of those are very much fed by curiosity. Yes. How are we going to make this work? How about this? How about that? And then the confidence to take it to the next step. Yeah. The arbitrator is very hard. Getting it right and then putting it into a strategy is very hard. Probably the hardest thing of all is getting it to the team and getting them excited to buy into it and yeah. now do it. That's probably the hardest thing. You know, and I think there's there's three things. When we talk about this, I think there's three things that are really important with the arbitrator and the strategic thinker and being able to take that to the team which is in turn your organization, which builds the culture of your company. But there's the three things I think that's really critical from that curiosity. It's not, it's simply not just the what, it's not the how, those, those are two key elements, but it's also the why. Those three things are, are critical. And I, we, we talked to a lot of people who know the what, they know the how, they have not addressed the why. That's why it's hard. I mean, you really, why is the hard part? Yeah. If you really dig into why, it can leave a lot of people with a lot of blank faces. Yeah. And it's it's not something that comes easily. The why is something that really needs to be worked at. Why are we doing this? Why does it need to be done? You know, you can figure out the what and the how, but the why is 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 critical. And I think when we talk about organizational culture, why do we need a good culture? Why? You know, it's not, again, it's not the what, it's not just the how. Those are key elements. It's not the, or let's, let's call this something different. The mission, the vision, and the purpose, the purpose being the why. You know, companies have the mission and vision, but when it really comes down to that purpose, you know, what is the purpose of those organizations? 
that there defines a lot of what the culture is. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because why, when you really get, when you really start getting down to whys, I mean, really deep, deep into whys, they will always reduce down to relationships. The relationship that you have with your clients. Why are we doing it? We'll do it. This is why we're doing it for the client. It also will reduce down to the people that you're working with, your teams, the leaders. This is why we're doing it for the sake of the team and for the leaders. We're doing it for this. It also gets to another place where the why is applies to you. Why am I here? Why yes. am I doing this? Why does this have any real meaning and purpose for me? Because if I don't get all those whys lined up, the whole thing just, it becomes kind of empty. Yeah, you can produce things, but are you really doing things for the sake of the people, which is about the relationships? Because without the people there, I mean, there's all sorts of nutty things going on about I won't even get into it, but it seems to want to take out of the equation people. people Once you take yes. people out of the equation, there really is no reason, there is no why to do anything. No. People are ultimately the answer to the why. Uh, and Michael, we've seen this. We've seen this with some leaders. Some leaders, they uh, there's like a, a particular click at the top. We want to make the decisions. We want the how. We want the what for us. We don't really care about the why, because as long as the how and the what is about us, you know. And this is some of the things we even we even know organizations that are failing because of this. Absolutely, because they've they've thought, well, we better we better ask our people what they think about us about the organization. Made the biggest mistake in the world of of doing it themselves. Finding out, sending out. You know all these uh, these surveys, these cultural surveys that they they come up with themselves. Then when they find out, well, wow, they really don't think that highly of me. I they better, don't like me. Yeah, I better I better not address this because if I address this, someone's gonna might you know it might fill you know. this survey out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and don't forget to put your name on there. Yeah, your email address anyway. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, and and that's why. What we do is so critical to helping organizations. Yeah. Yeah. And in order to do that, leaders, you need to get past the fact that you are going to hear some things you may not want to hear. It may expose some of your weaknesses. There you go. And that's, and that's why one, you've got to be that arbitrator. That you've got to hear yeah. the bad news as well as the good news. And yeah, I yeah. get all jacked up and emotional about it or, you know, hurt, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. offended. You know, that you can say, okay, well, there must, if they're saying this, there must be something to it. Let's look into it and find out what's going on. You know, it's it's interesting you, you say that about being an, an arbitrator and being a mature, effective arbitrator mm-hmm. is being able to maybe lean into some of these other leadership traits that are going to help you understand that, yeah, I may not have all the answers, but collectively, we probably yeah, yeah, yeah. do. We probably do. We so yeah. we as a whole probably have the answer, or we can come up with it because man, you know, we put our heads together. We're going to do great things, and that therein lies the problem. And a lot of the the leaders we talk to feel like their power, their personal power, is being taken away by exposing some of their weaknesses, or by and letting then, more people in, or by letting more people in. Yeah. 
And in the end, that really is, if you define culture, it's a collective effort from everybody in the organization in order to achieve the goals of the organization. Yeah. Yeah. It's not arbitrary. It's not, you know, wild hair out there stuff. It's like we're all bringing it in for this common purpose of what this organization is dedicated in doing, producing, serving. This is what it is. It can't be like, you know, well, I have a special group here to uh, save the brown squirrels of the universe. Right. Yep. That's not, that's good. I like it. I'm, I'm for that. Just do it outside of work. Could you do that? Maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> save those brown squirrels, doggone it, in the universe, but not here. <laughs> not today. <laughs> so, you know, the, Michael, this is one of the things that we do is going into organizations. We, the first step we take is working with the senior leadership team to really determine if you are ready to go down this path. Because if you're not, if you're not ready to go down this path, don't set out down the path and, you know. Because it only gets uglier. It gets uglier. And it's going to get <laughs> uglier before you. you before if you're you not ready get, for yeah. the ugly, let's not make it. Let's not exacerbate your situation. Yeah. yeah. So, And you're going to hear that. You are. It doesn't matter. You're going to hear that. Yeah, you will. You will hear that. Just a matter what but you are, you know, it's good. You got to take the good with the bad if you're, you're going to make it those changes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. If you, if you really claim to be that yeah. arbitrator, yeah, then you'll be more than happy. You'll be excited to welcome yeah. that kind of let's just take a look at it, really. Yeah. And that involves a strategic thinking. Man, we got the data now. We've got the data. We know where we're at. Now let's take this to the team and let's fix this. Let's start working stuff out. Yeah, that golden triangle. Always yeah. have been, really and yeah. truly. Okay, so if people want to get a hold of us. What do they do? We've said it how many times? How many podcasts have we done? This is episode 169. <laughs> episode so 169. Yeah, okay. So I'm sure we've said 169 plus times. <laughs> yeah, executive leaders act ilec.com or or michaelbailey.com or richbaron executive coaching.com. There you go. You can get a hold of us right there. Three Absolutely. very simple ways to talk to us. You have no excuses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now you know the what, you know the how, and the why is because. We need great leaders. We do. That There's no joking about that. We need. Yeah. We absolutely need great leaders now more than ever. And if that really is inside of you to be a great leader, it's yeah. not going to just happen. It really comes from a lot of hard work and working with people to help you get there faster, cleaner, yeah. better level of really able to, to serve. That's what, yes. really, that's what we do. We get down to a nutshell. All right. That's it. Once again, thank you. We're at the end of another rousing episode of Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. And remember, that stands for and cultural transformation. You have to act in order to get cultural transformation. So, balls in your court. We're waiting to hear from you. All right. Talk All to you soon. And happy new year. Let's make it a great year. Yeah, absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All the best. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, 
richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.